right kind of talent is a huge aspect of running a successful business. And it's one of the biggest jobs currently on the plate of Juan Perez, the Chief Information and Engineering Officer for UPS. In his second appearance on the podcast, Juan joins Ian to discuss the intricacies of finding, engaging, and recruiting talent, and he drives home the importance of building a diverse workforce. In doing so, he explains that you'll not only come to better solutions, you'll do so more quickly and in a way that addresses the needs of a wider variety of customers. As a slight aside, please note that midway through the episode, there will be a slight variation in the audio, which was caused due to a need to change recording methods. Thanks and enjoy the interview. This podcast is sponsored by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. Salesforce just introduced the Lightning Platform Mobile, the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. For the second time, special guest, Juan Perez. What's going on, Juan? Hello, Ian. How are you doing today? It is great to have you back. You know, we got a lot of awesome feedback on, on the first episode. So to our listeners who haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen. We talked a lot about big data, IoT, analytics, uh, Orion, which is the on-road integrated optimization and navigation system that UPS uses. So if you haven't checked out that episode, go listen to it. But today we're going to talk about something that is really at the forefront specifically of technology, which is hiring diverse engineers and hiring diverse technology talent with a focus on diversity and inclusion and all of the different things that go into that. And Juan, you're a leader in this. We're so excited to talk to you. Kind of let's just get starting off. Like, how do you view this diverse engineering talent space and what are some of the things that you look for? Well, that's uh, that's a great question, Ian. And first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me to uh, join you again. What a great opportunity to get uh, some key messages as, as to how we see diversity at UPS. And certainly from my perspective, how diversity influences the way that we build technology and helps us create technology that fits the needs of a, of a large variety of customers of all kinds of different backgrounds, different experiences, and definitely uh, different types of needs. You know, when we think about uh, diversity at UPS, we, we truly view it as, first of all, the right thing to do. And I know you hear that all the time, having a diverse workforce is the right thing to do. But here at UPS, we believe that it's the right thing for the culture of the company. It's definitely the right thing for the people of our company. And of course, you know, it's the right thing for our customers. They all have interest in the diversity of our organization. And of course, as we drive that diversity, we see the results of having a, a diverse a workforce in the results that we, we get. Now, it's also the smart thing to do for our business. And in IT and engineering, we also believe that a diverse and an inclusive team, you know, drives innovation faster. It actually helps us get to the answers that we need for some of the very complex problems that we're dealing with much quicker and much more effectively than if we only have one perspective. And I think that's something that it's really important to have in mind as we think about diversity in our companies. Yeah, you know, I, for some of our listeners who don't know this, I, I worked within diversity and inclusion and I, I spoke at the Tech Inclusion Conference. Um, and so I'm pretty familiar with the space. And I will say that just finding any engineering talent well, from the, I had a lot of customers in technology specifically, but 
you know, like Fortune 1000 type customers, just finding engineering talent on its own is so hard that I think this, well, how do we find diverse talent? How do we find people from different backgrounds? I think is a huge challenge that people haven't really been able to kind of figure out because it is a little different than the way they've always done things. And it reminded me when I was learning about it for the first time, how people started doing, having like formal university programs of like, hey, we we shouldn't just hire engineers from the three schools that we always hire engineers from. Like we should look at, you know, a hundred universities across the country and try to pick and choose and find what channels um, and what programs, maybe there are other programs out there. A lot of it comes down to purposeful, meaningful effort in certain areas. How have you used like meaningful effort and outreach in certain, like whether it's geographical areas or among populations, like how have you been purposeful in how you find elite talent? You know, that's, it's a great question as well. You know, when I think about recruiting for our organization, of course, we're open to candidates from any university, any place around the U.S. and around the world. So we encourage people from everywhere to apply to the positions that we have available in the company. But in terms of specific recruiting activities, you know, we have learned, Ian, that if you have this huge, huge target and you just simply, you know, try to to work off that target in terms of selecting the right candidates to work in our company, you end up being pretty scattered. Uh, So what we've decided to do, and it's been working fairly well for us, is we really target some key universities where we have significant presence from an IT perspective, and, and we are very active in participating in their events, in their activities, And we invite uh, students and faculty both to be actively engaged with those types of recruiting efforts that we support and that we engage with so that they get to learn more about the jobs that we have at UPS, so that they get to learn about the problems that we're trying to solve in our company, and through that, create interest in the types of things that we do. Now, we learned uh, some time ago that... uh, you know, people didn't really know the full story of the uh, UPS engineering practice, the full story of our IT practice, and we've become much more deliberate at uh, communicating that story. And that's why I was really happy to participate in, in your podcast a few weeks back and talk about the types of projects and problems that we're solving at UPS. Uh, we believe that communicating those types of projects and initiatives creates interest in candidates from all backgrounds to come and explore the types of opportunities that exist here at UPS. And of course, you know, once we, we do those things, we communicate clearly what is it that we're doing and the types of skills and capabilities that we are looking in, in our people. Second, when we actually determine exactly what is going to be our targeted recruiting strategy. And third, when we get to the point where we demonstrate to new recruits the type of work that they have actually in front of them and they use those experiences to communicate to others, the process becomes this virtuous cycle that feeds itself. And in many cases, we see folks who we have recruited always being the ones that continue to bring other talent to UPS. That works really well for us. So it's a, it's a multi-pronged approach to really bring the right talent to the company. And along those, uh, those processes and actions that we take, we're also very deliberate about finding uh, diverse talent that can come into our organization and be successful. Yeah, I mean, so much of it is actually a marketing problem. Like it's a branding problem. It's something where 
the solution is you have to be first to contract first to, or first to contact first to contract. Like the, the companies that lead the diversity space, a lot of times are the ones who are just always around. They're always in those communities and constantly the place that helps people go wherever it is that they need to go. You know, I know some of the best recruiters that I worked with in the past uh, or some of the best like diversity initiatives they're not sitting there like constantly recruiting always for their company. They're just helping people find the next step in their career, their their next phase. And I think that that's part of it is you need to be adding value to whatever communities you're going after. You know, you grew up in, in or you went to USC, you know, down in Southern California, there are a melting pot of all different types of of, you know, races and religions and backgrounds and socioeconomic classes and all that sort of stuff. But you know that with, you know, USC is a very different school than Long Beach or is it a very different school from Pepperdine or whatever it is. You have to be present in the areas that you want those type of candidates. Have you seen like the the willingness to be out there on the streets, like with your engineers, not just with recruiters as a huge value add? That is such a, a great point. In, in fact, when we go through when we go to different recruiting fairs, for example, uh, we make it a point to uh, not just have recruiters at those fairs. We actually have uh, employees of UPS who are doing the work, who are actually engaged in the projects, making them real for our company, attend the uh, recruiting efforts, the recruiting events, so that they can provide that direct experience to those who are interested in our jobs. And they can get a good sense as to what what is is going on. Now, we've had to be very deliberate also at improving the communication in our own recruiting websites. I will tell you, there was a time when if you would go and and look at the uh, UPS job site where we advertise the IT jobs or the engineering jobs, when you you would look at those and you would really not understand exactly what an industrial engineer or a plant engineer or an IT professional was doing for UPS that was of significance or was changing the way that we did our business. We've changed a lot of that. We've revamped our communications tools to use more video, to have more of our people communicate exactly how they are providing value to UPS through the projects that they're engaged in. And of course, ensuring that uh, you know through those communications, they provide honest feedback as to how it is to work in UPS engineering, in UPS IT. I have found over time that uh, when you actually have folks listen to those experiences, they tend to understand the company better. And they can also, at that particular point, determine if UPS is a good fit for them. Because at the end, what we want is making sure that any candidate that is interested in a job for UPS and who we offer a job at UPS happens to be the right cultural fit, happens to find a place here where they feel they can excel, they can do really, really well. A place where, you know, they view you, you know, our company as one that respects and values diversity. And certainly a place where they can use the skills that they learned in school to solve some really, really cool problems that require a lot of uh, smart people to get them solved for our customers these days. One of the best practices that I saw was around responsiveness about Mm -hmm. how the best companies for diversity are the ones who are the most responsive. So when I was working, I was working on a veteran specific initiative and it was quite literally was a math problem of, you know, Hey, we want to hire, 
25 more veteran engineers for this company, for example, military veteran who have a military veteran background and we want them to be um, engineers. And so it's like, okay, how many people do we need to talk to? We need to talk to a thousand. We need to, you know, build the funnel and all that sort of stuff. And then once they get to a certain point of the funnel, we need to have like an email address that you can email and get a meeting with someone who was like you, who is a military veteran, who is an engineer currently at the company in the next 24 hours. And it's like those type of like tactical things win talent because you get them immediately to the person who has their job, has the job that they want, is the person that they aspire to be. And when you can do that really fast, you're going to beat your competition who isn't thinking like that. And I think that sometimes people forget about how tactical this stuff is. You know, you're not talking about sometimes you are massive, massive volume, but for a lot of these engineers or IT specific positions, you're talking about a very low number of people. So why not be the most responsive? Why not like run an experiment and say, Hey, you'll get a conversation with a recruiter, you know, within an hour of applying or something like that. You know, it might take a little bandwidth, but if you run the experiment, you might learn something that, Hey, we can actually uh, get more people in our, our funnel in a meaningful way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Speed, uh, responsiveness, quality in the uh, in the process, and of course, the entire recruiting experience, let's call it that, needs to be one that makes the candidates feel that they are wanted and that the organization in the end is going to provide the right place for them to excel in absolutely everything they do. But now, you know, from that perspective, well, I, I tell you that when I think about recruiting, especially when it comes to diversity, you have to definitely be intentional. Uh, you cannot just go at this without a plan. You have to have a plan as to what you're trying to accomplish. That plan, to your point, helps you react and helps you advance your recruiting practice at a much faster rate than if you have no plan and you're just simply trying to figure things out as you go. You definitely have to ensure that the message is clearly understood from the top of the organization through all the groups that are responsible for recruiting and engaging potential candidates to come and work for UPS. And at the end of the day, you have to set the right expectations and the right environment for the recruiters, as well as those who we are recruiting, to feel that they can actually provide incredible value to UPS. And we work really hard to do that. In fact, you know, we've spent a lot of time creating an environment where people feel that way. But also, you know, we're using technology to make it easier for people to feel that they are in that type of an environment. That's really important. Yeah. What types of what types of things are you doing with with technology to make the entire experience a little more streamlined and more thoughtful? You, you know, a lot of uh, digital interactions with the candidates, a lot of automated hiring to a certain extent where we can actually, you know, do the initial assessments and do the the, the initial contact with the potential prospective employees digitally rather than with humans from the get-go. Uh, we're using a lot of video to conduct interviews now. We are becoming much more effective at connecting with uh, potential candidates through social media. Many of the things that folks are doing already in, in industry, but in our case, one of the things that we're definitely driving is this continuous communication, especially because UPS you know, it's in the logistics business. In some cases, it's not viewed as a technology company, although that is wrong. We're definitely a technology company, but we are having to put extra efforts in using all these digital media and other mechanisms to communicate to, uh, to prospective candidates as to who we are, what we do, how we use technology to solve problems, how we're using engineering skills to be able to support 
what we do in this company, which is truly amazing. I mean, when I go to recruiting events myself, which by the way, I'm always recruiting. I'm recruiting in airplanes. I'm recruiting in, in recruiting events. I love it. I'm recruiting at dinners. <laughs> I'm recruiting constantly. And the reason for that is because I view it as part of my responsibility to continue to communicate to folks that there are opportunities for very bright, capable, diverse talent in our company to do just amazing things. But when I go through those discussions with people, when I talk about the great projects that we're talking about, that we're building here in the company, I remind folks of what UPS does. I mean, we are a logistics company. We get things from point A to point B, but we do it at scale. We do it in a way that provides incredible service to our customers. And we do something that I believe is truly a very important mission. And that is we get people what they need, when they need it, and how they need it. And to do that consistently, to do it efficiently, and to be able to do it in a way that our customers feel that uh, they are connected with UPS and that they are the only customer that UPS has, it requires incredible engineering and it requires very good technology. And that's what we are going to continue to build here. And uh, that's the message that I want to get out to folks who are interested in finding engineering and technology careers at UPS. Yeah, you know, last time you were on IT Visionaries, you said that, quote, we are dependent on creativity and innovation to advance many ideas forward. And I, and I thought that that's such a great call to action for people who want to work on big projects. Do you ever feel that among certain communities, like especially diverse communities, that there's some education that needs to happen with like, here's how you get a job at UPS and people who don't think that they could be hired in, you know, in an IT role or in an engineering role at UPS. And they just don't think that that's possible. Oh, well, yeah, yes, absolutely. And that, that message has had to change over, over the years. I will tell you when I started with the company 29 uh, years ago, I'm going now into my 30th year. You know, the, the, the belief out there was that for you to be able to work in any of these engineering or technology functions, you had to start as a driver or you had to start as a sorter or as a loader in the company. We still have many outstanding employees that work in those functions who are going to school, they're educating themselves, and eventually they find opportunities in our technology and engineering functions. And that is extremely valuable to us as, a, as an organization. At the same time, you know, that is not the, the trajectory that we expect people to have anymore, especially those who have specialized fields in technology and engineering. When they graduate from college, they have an opportunity to come here at UPS and relatively quickly find themselves in projects and working on initiatives that have uh, the potential to greatly impact the results of our organization, not only now, but in years to come. And that's really important to me to convey and communicate to people who are interested in jobs. Even entry-level positions in our company, uh, what I find time and time again is that uh, those individuals very quickly have the opportunity to work in, on very meaningful projects that uh, will have a significant impact in the organization today and in the years to come. And that's really special. And it's something that it's important to us. I will tell you, we've gotten really, really good at bringing interns into our company. In fact, in IT alone, IT, uh, last year we brought over uh, 200 interns and, and co-ops. Uh, we tend to actually rehire or hire permanently, I should say, about 50% of those interns once they graduate. And that, of course, happens over time. 
you know, we give them opportunities to work on projects as interns that have a meaningful impact on the organization. We create hackathons for them to actually demonstrate to us the types of ideas and creativity that they can bring to the table. One of my favorite events every year now is when I get the opportunity to listen to some of our best uh, projects that participated in the hackathon. Teams of uh, interns, co-ops, and some of our youngest employees here in the company who come together for a day or two and bring some really creative ideas and solutions. And you know, Ian, one of the coolest parts of those sessions is for me to sit down, listen to them, tell me what they invented, what they created, how they actually built something from nothing, and see then at the same time the diversity in those groups. And the diversity in those groups, the type of diversity of thought that brought to the table that actually drove those creative solutions. And you have no idea what a great satisfaction it gives me when I go through those sessions and I see the outcomes. Yeah, it's something that, you know, for, for our listeners that have never run a hackathon or have not been to, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of our CIOs that, that come on are, are doing those things now or are starting to do those things dabbling with, you know, citizen development and these sort of uh, low code tools or no code tools that you can create something super fast and like have it be done in four hours sort of thing. But if, if you've never been to one of those, it's really remarkable just the type of ideas that people are trying to solve for. And that type of creativity and those solutions come from everywhere. Now, do they have the technical skills all the time to get it to completion? Like a lot of times, no. But that's where you can say like, hey, we can give you superpowers. You know, if you join the RIT organization, we can add a lot of that to to your skill set, especially from like an intern standpoint. That's really cool. Well, you know, what happens also is after the interns get to work on those types of uh, projects during their hackathons, once they complete their internships and go back to school, they now become promoters of the type of things that we're working on here at UPS. And, and they become the best spokespeople that we can have in terms of uh, the types of technology that UPS is exploring to make a significant difference in the way that we support our customers. You know, I, I remember one project uh, from last year. It was really interesting. You know, as you can, as you, I, I know you know, our UPS drivers have a handheld device. And they use that handheld device to do a number of things. Our drivers use them to uh, record packages. It's also their time card. It's an incredible tool that tracks a lot of the things that happen throughout the day so that we can continue to improve our business. It, tra- it tracks the uh, places where we deliver packages. If a package is going to be delivered to the wrong location, the uh, handheld device identifies that the driver is at the wrong location and helps him or her correct that delivery It's a very intelligent device, but the device itself today is primarily based on keys and screens, and you got to read the stuff that shows up on the screen for you to make decisions. What this young group of folks did, again, a very diverse group, they all brought their different experiences, their different uh, understanding of business capabilities and technologies to the table, and they ended up creating a prototype but they created a handheld device for our service providers that did everything via voice. So the device actually spoke to the driver throughout the day and the driver could speak back to the device throughout the day, just like Siri on an Apple phone, but specific to UPS and certainly eliminate uh, all the key entry work that happens on that particular device, making the driver safer 
and making the driver even more effective in being able to do the job throughout the day. Those are the types of initiatives that uh, some of these folks work on. And as they work on those types of ideas, they can then uh, show us here at UPS what the future will look like and how this whole process of uh, delivering can change through the use of technology. It's really exciting, Ian. Yeah, that is exciting. And, you know, actually, I want to talk a little bit about voice. I, I think it's an interesting situation, too, with kind of the the diverse groups because, you know, we saw this early on with Apple when they released the emojis and there weren't <laughs> diverse emojis and there's all sorts of stuff there that were issues. But I think with voice, you have obviously all sorts of different language. You have different languages, you have different tonalities, you have different like colloquialisms and all these sort of things. You have drivers that are all over, you know, from, from all over and are in all different geographical areas. How do you see voice? I mean, obviously voice is going to be extremely important going forward, but how do you see voice technology being involved in UPS going forward? Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, voice technology continues to, uh, to advance. Here in the state of Georgia, where I am, we cannot be driving with uh, phones in our hands anymore. In the past, that was not, of course, it was not the safe thing to do. Let me start with that. Uh, but now there's, there's, a, there's a, a law that says, hey, you cannot have phones in your hands. Well, that actually helps from multiple perspectives. Those who, who were having those phones in their hands, now they recognize that there's a law and they shouldn't be doing it. And now it also reminds you constantly that that's an unsafe action. So for me personally, you know, it's actually driven me to use more voice than ever before. And I'm using voice constantly on my phone. And let me tell you, you can hear that I have an accent. Uh, it's amazing to me how my phone understands what I say and actually, uh, you know, has very few errors in, in the transcription of the things that I say. That technology is going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to get better. I think it's going to find its place in business in many different ways. There are all kinds of applications today of voice technology to, to do different things in the area of logistics. I believe that uh, that is going to continue to expand. And by the way, since we will be working with a diverse workforce, it's really important that the technology continues to advance in a way that it can adjust to all kinds of uh, different voices, all kinds of different accents, and of course, at the end of the day, all kinds of different users that uh, will be using that type of technology to do their jobs. I have a question about some of your, I don't know if you have a name for them, like ambassadors or, or, or whichever, but the employees that go out there that are not recruiters, but they're actually in the technology or engineering teams that are out there. I've seen this happen when it's at its best. It is the absolute best way to recruit diverse talent. There's a lot of times where people, there's candidates who just say like, I want, I want to know that people like me work at this company and I want to talk to somebody like that. There's a lot of instances where that's not the case, obviously, as well. But but for, for certain people, it's a huge deal, understandably. But I've also seen the other side of this, which is you put some people on the front lines that are not necessarily the best spokesman for the com- or spokesperson for the company that might not, as we know, some of our engineering friends might not be the biggest people person in the world. How do you kind of like choose those folks that that go out there and, and, and talk to people? A very good question. So, you know, let, let me tell you how we how we actually encourage or invite people to participate in this. Of course, it's open to anyone who wants to do it. We have established as part of our diversity and inclusion program here at UPS, uh, what we call our business resource group or groups. 
There are multiple business resource groups here at UPS. There's a Hispanic business resource group, uh, an African-American business resource group, a women's leadership development group that, you know, has done amazing things in promoting opportunities for advancement for women. You know, we we use those types of uh, vehicles to encourage and invite people to support our recruiting efforts. And, you know, we don't leave it to chance. We, of course, provide uh, training. We provide guidance to our team members that want to participate in this uh, so that when they go and engage in these recruiting events, they just simply don't show up or show up and start figuring things out on the fly. We actually provide them with uh, training and guidance on how to best engage with potential candidates what to say, what not to say. If it goes back to the point I made earlier, you have to have a plan. Well, that plan includes making sure that the folks that are going to support you with recruiting know what to do in those particular situations. It's really important that you do that because if at the end of the day, you don't have that plan and you don't provide some level of training for people to be equipped in having those discussions with potential candidates, something you say may eventually get that individual to be turned off and not want to come and work for UPS. And that yet that individual could be the best candidate to do amazing things for the organization. So it cannot be something that you just simply put together quickly and send people out to do recruiting. I think the plan to do this has to be deliberate. It has to be well well planned. It has to be well thought out. And it should also include the input from a number of constituents. For us here at UPS, the folks that help us define these recruiting programs, some are experts in recruiting that we have in our human resources practice. Uh, Some are, to your point, people who do the job day in and day out, and they understand the types of skills that are needed to do what they do. We also engage other groups that are looking at strategy, that are looking at you know, the future of technology and how that technology will be used at UPS. Uh, we engage our operators as well in some cases so that we can have that operational mindset in the selection of candidates that are going to, work, that are going to be working on this type of operational technologies we support at UPS. And by the way, we also engage our customer experts, in some cases sales, in some cases marketing folks, they can help us better understand the types of projects, products, and initiatives that they're working on so we can understand the types of skills that are needed to support the technologies that will support them and ensure that we recruit the best talent for UPS. I love it. That's great. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can seem a little daunting for folks that want to start these sort of programs. A lot of times you just have to get started with a very small a very small problem set and a very small position. And like, if you don't really know what, what I used to recommend is start with one recruiter, one rec and one hiring manager. So you have just like a tiny little pipeline and just try to do it for that role and then expand the program from there. And I think a lot of people get worried about, you know, like the scope of this like gigantic diversity and inclusion program. There's lots of great professionals there that can help you actually build a program. But a lot of times, especially with highly technical roles or technical talent, if you have a recruiter who knows the right questions to ask, a uh, hiring manager who, who wants to wants to figure out how to get that, uh, you can you can kind of cobble together something in a short amount of time that can make a difference. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and, and just so that you know, Ian, the recruiting journey for UPS IT and engineering has been an evolution. Uh, we've tried multiple things that have worked really well. We have tried some things that didn't work that well. 
We have changed our programs over time. The intern program that we have today is very different than the intern program we had, let's say, five years ago. We continue to refine all these different recruiting efforts so that we can attract the best possible talent for UPS. And I can tell you with certainty that although we have a pretty good recruiting program today, I do not believe it's sufficient and I don't believe it's enough. And I don't even think it's effective enough for the things that we still have to do in the future here in the company, which actually drives us to continuously improve our program. I am committed to continuing to make gains. I fully support the program from my level, and of course, the rest of the organization does as well, because I believe that uh, most senior managers in our company uh, realize that uh, recruiting effective, good, solid, diverse talent to tackle some of the problems that we got to work on in the organization today and tomorrow is one of the most important priorities that we have in the organization. People from time to time would ask me a question as to what keeps me up at night. I tend to keep a lot of things in my mind when, when, I, when, when I go to bed. I was going to say, it's probably a heartburn for me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I can tell you that there are two things that actually keep me up at night. One is the most obvious one for any CIO today, and that is information security, making sure that your company is constantly protected. But the second one is uh, ensuring that we have the right talent at UPS, IT and engineering both, to support the needs of our organization, not only today, but in the years to come. And that definitely keeps me up at night. And why is that? Well, because first of all, you know, we are competing for incredible talent and against many, many, many amazing companies that are doing some really cool things as well. So I got to continuously be thinking as well as my team as to how we create this narrative that describes to people the great, cool things that we're doing. So of course, that's one of the things we got to do really well. The second one is, you know, the, we've made investments in improving our environments. Just a, a couple of years ago, we opened up a brand new a facility in New Jersey where we do a, a good amount of our IT development. We call it the UPS Innovation Center, state-of-the-art facility with some of the best technology that you could find uh, to facilitate collaboration and engagement, some of the best technology to, uh, to, to foster innovation within the building. Well, we built that facility in the way we did it to, again, attract great talent to UPS. But it cannot stop there. We have to be constantly changing and improving our environments to ensure that we attract the best talent in the organization. So that's really important, too. The next one to me is, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, our recruiting managers, our IT and engineering managers who are recruiting and or who are actually in need of this talent, that they keep a diverse mindset. In other words, that as they're bringing in uh, candidates and they're interviewing candidates, that they think and understand the importance of diversity in the process so that uh, we don't lose any ground. We continue to make improvements in our diverse composition and that they continue to demonstrate to everyone around them that here at UPS, we definitely value diversity, which is an absolute true statement. We value diversity in the company. And the last one that I would say, you know, that I think often about as uh, I think about uh, people development and recruiting here at UPS is to ensure that we have the, the right training programs so that our people can continue to learn and advance. You know, one of the things that I think we've learned in, in our recruiting efforts over the years 
is that you definitely have to create an environment for where people feel that they're learning. You know, the, the vast majority of the engineers and the IT professionals that we hire in the organization are just continuous learners. They're hungry to learn more and to understand more about the company, about technology, about engineering. And if you don't create an environment for them to be able to do that, you miss a huge opportunity. So, yeah, and those four all combined become that one thing that keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah, for the, I love it. But no, the, you're, you're exactly right. The training programs and those rotational programs are absolutely critical because you need entry-level points or you need points that in the ecosystem that point to that stuff, you know, and um, shout out to, to our sponsor, uh, Salesforce and the Lightning Platform for this because, you know, that's why they have Trailhead. They, they built Trailhead for that exact reason to be able to build this enormous ecosystem of talent as they continued, you know, their product growth. They needed a lot of Salesforce admin. You know, it was virtuous, obviously, but it also was a need of the company. And I think a lot of those especially like training programs and entry-level rotationals are the things that can really move the needle for folks that are, you know, just don't have the right cookie cutter background for, for some of these positions specifically in technology. I agree. And by the way, after you, the, the, the effort to, to train and support our, our people, you know, never ends. In some of the most critical time, in my view, in the career of a brand new recruit, is that first few months or maybe couple of years of engagement uh, within the organization, if that experience is not great, in other words, if they don't feel that they're valued, if they don't feel that they're connected with the organization, if they don't sense that the organization supports and values diversity, the diversity that they bring to the table, uh, you could have uh, potentially some, some really good employees that get discouraged quickly and end up leaving the organization. So the recruiting effort really doesn't end by the time that you actually have someone in the organization. My view, you're constantly recruiting the employees that you already have. You have to be thinking that uh, although they're here in our company and they're doing great things for the organization, you have to continue to recruit them to stay in the organization and to keep them engaged with uh, the uh, great company that we have here. I love it. Thanks so much for, for hanging out today, Juan. I guess one final question. When are we going to get you on Twitter? We need these thoughts. Uh, we need these thoughts on our, uh, on our, on our timelines or on our feeds here, because it's just too much good stuff. You know, Ian, the, uh, the communications team here at UPS uh, asks me that same question almost every week. And I will tell you the same thing that I tell them soon. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. And hey, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I think uh, you have a really good thing going here. I uh, encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. I think it's great to connect with uh, different uh, leaders in organizations that have uh, different experiences and, you know, who come from different backgrounds, who are diverse, by the way, both in culture and in thought and to take that diversity of uh, thought and share it with your audience. That is just amazing. I hope uh, you continue to do it, and I wish you great success. Thank you, sir. We appreciate the support. Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. Salesforce just introduced the Lightning Platform Mobile, the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. 
Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps.